You obviously know Kung Fu. Hello, my name is Svetlana Zavyalova, or The Woman. I'm an artist of martial movement, and you're listening to Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> Joining me today is world champion martial artist, actress, visionary martial movement performing artist, uh, known on Instagram as the Wu Woman, Svetlana Zavialova. Svetlana, thank you so much for joining me on the Kung Fu Drive-In podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's really great to have you. Uh, I've followed you on Instagram for a while, and the show that I do is obviously about martial arts and entertainment, but I try to cover a bunch of different aspects of martial arts. And yours, I have to say, is a very, very unique approach to what can be described as martial arts. So first, let's start with uh, your name, The Wu Woman. Uh, What is the meaning behind Wu Woman? Uh, The name Wu Woman very often is mistakenly interpreted as using Wu uh, for Wushu. And it isn't. Um, There was a vigilant, extremely powerful queen empress in China. Her name was Wu Zetian. And uh, I am fascinated by her story. And uh, I'm fascinated by her power and focus and everything he did throughout the history. This is like a separate thing. And um, in China, the names have meaning. And when she was born, her birth name was Wu Mei. Mei means beautiful. And uh, male names in Chinese would represent power, like a powerful dragon, something, something tiger, you know. And uh, female name would be something beautiful, a flying feather, you know, which is, you know, nice names, but they aren't representative of power. So Wu Mei changed her name to Wu Zhao. She wrote the character into Chinese language that would represent power, but still have feminine quality to it. Mm. So as I've spent 10 years in China, my artistic name was Shi Zhao Chun, having this middle character to honor her. So I was thinking of how I could transform it into an English-sounding artistic name to have the same energetic power and message. And this is how Woman became my name. Excellent. And we uh, touched on it a little bit there that you spent 10 years in China. I want to go into that a little bit later. But let's start uh, a little bit further back. Uh, Where did your martial arts, uh, your traditional martial arts background start? And how did that come about for you? My traditional martial arts background competitive styles are Nanchuan, so it's a southern style mm-hmm. and uh, traditional, traditionally also Nandao and Pudao for the weapons. Mm-hmm. And also I've been competing in musical forms of kickboxing, which is more of a soft style and more of, a, more of an artistic fusion of martial arts with the music. This is more of a European thing. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is, was at the basis of my martial arts experience. Uh, 
and then it became much more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, you were born in Ukraine, right? Well, it's a very interesting question. Mm, okay. I was born three years before Soviet Union collapsed. Oh, so technically, okay. I was born in Soviet Union. Gotcha. And then when I was three, Soviet Union uh, collapsed. And uh, my birthplace is Crimea. And uh, Crimea became Ukraine. And then Crimea is no longer Ukraine at this point. It's Russia. So it's a very interesting, turbulent piece of land um, in terms of history and in terms of <laughs> in terms of being born there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, wherever uh, you were born now, <laughs> however you describe it, was that where your, your martial arts journey started? Was there a, a martial arts community in that area when you were growing up? Well, that's another mystery to that. And nobody ever brought me to martial arts. When I was three and a half, I just started to do the movement that looked like that. Oh, that looked like something, you know, when, when the kid is so small and they're doing certain movement, obviously it doesn't look like a legit form that you could be like, oh, that's a Sini trend, you know. So it wasn't anything like that. And it was a post-Soviet extremely like poverty environment, mm. you know, where people were thinking how to eat, not how to yeah. learn some kind of art, you know. And I just started imitating those movements. And at that point, you know, we didn't have TV. So there was no way for me to, to see it, you know. And then my mom, I was saying I wouldn't do that, kind of like <laughs> exuding this desire for learning something <laughs> I don't know what. And then um, my mom found something that was sort of like wushu. You know, at mm. that point, it felt like wushu because it was Chinese and it had those elements of imitation that were, you know, they were so inspiring and so exciting to me. Obviously, when I performed and lived all over the world, taught all over the world and worked in China, you know, doing exactly this, you know, obviously, I understand that things that I've started were rather mm, rather an imitation you know sure sure but it's something that charged me charged me with this enthusiasm to to search for more well what were you seeing that was inspiring you to at least imitate movements well first of all i was imitating something from within mm. whether that's that's channeling something or you know there's a lot of theories that we could go into but then it was what inspired me is an ultimate connection between what do you feel inside with what you can convey physically, mm. you know, and, and not only aggression, but a lot of different spectrums. That's how I saw it from the very beginning. When you were pursuing martial arts, as a woman pursuing martial arts, uh, particularly in that part of the world, and... I'm going to bring in something that we were talking about prior to setting everything up, uh, because you described yourself uh, in a particular phrase that might be more appropriate. A lesbian kung fu hero from Crimea, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I, think, I think the world deserves a lesbian kung fu hero, you know, <laughs> for the sake of many of us. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> do not... Did not delete it. You know? Absolutely not. No, no. Let's uh, and and let's uh, let's explore that because not just as a woman, but as a lesbian kung fu hero uh, in that part of the world. Did you receive 
pushback from the people that you were working with or the people that you were studying with or, or anybody that was looking at you going, well, why are you, why are you trying to be a martial artist here? Oh, my God. Um, that's a, such a multi-layered question. Mm, yes, mm -hmm. to say the least. It wasn't just pushback. It was, I don't know how familiar you are with that area, but it's very dangerous. So people try to kill you, try to rape you. I'm sure. And yeah. I know those are scary words, but this is reality. Yeah. You know, and um, this was my reality for an extended period of time. Though... What really, really was hard to handle is that the pushback, you know, because society is not accepting people that are different from the norm, you know, uh, from their norm, you know. Right. It's, that's, that's one thing. But then in martial arts, I always looked for multiplicity of layers for martial movement as a storytelling, for the depth within that we could reach, you know, through through this movements that are like codes that are impacting our psyche, our mind. And at that time, years ago, so we're talking 15, 20 years ago, when these thoughts and action inspired by these thoughts were emerging, you know, for me, in my life, in my existence, I was really, really, there was a lot of pushback because people were saying, you're weird, you're strange. The journey wasn't easy because I left Crimea pretty early on and in my late teens, I, I lived in Kiev, which is a capital of Ukraine, mm -hmm. to be a part of Ukrainian Wushu team. And I happened to leave two years in the gym just to be able to be there. So wow. it was a it was a very, very tough journey together with, imagine together with trying to, um, <laughs> with trying to understand, you know, how to live when, when you're different and, and things like that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And somehow you overcame those differences and those challenges and you went on to win several championships in a number of forms. When did you start to realize that you had that skill to be able to compete and win despite the hardships and the trouble that you had to go through to get there? Like out of birth canal. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> well, because, you know, there's no such thing as, skill, as a skill for me. You know, when you were born in the midst of the biggest um, historical <laughs> breakdown, you know, mm. of the big union. Yeah. Um, in the very, very small part of the world with the single mother and all the industries that stopped, you know, you see a lot of things that are conditioning you from the very beginning. So there is no, there is no time to even have an idea that that skill is not a part of my DNA. Mm. I can tell you that I, I worked since I was 11, you know, Wow. Uh, to be able to afford trolley bus to train. So, you know, this is much harder than train, knowing the focus, knowing that you can do it, you know, knowing that, you know, I was, I'll tell you the story when I was already in China, when I did the competitions, you know, that was very close when, when nobody tries to kill you and you're not sleeping at the gym, you know, the, it's, it's not difficult 
difficult to to win and and uh, maybe i'm breaking some kind of kung fu dream you know when people like work hard you know right 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 i i don't know i don't think it's hard i don't think it's hard to do what you love i think it's an absolutely easy i think i think it's a joy and and i think it's an opportunity uh it's an opportunity to experience the beauty of this transformative power within myself and at the same time as very act of performing is is the opportunity to 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 say this message because you know there's a little girl that is sitting somewhere in you know Cambodia you know or Crimea you know and uh, they cannot imagine that there is a way in some way to be what you love without mm. without ugly compromises against your personal integrity you know and how will they know that this is possible if there weren't be a woman that goes and does it with gratitude and joy right. so that isn't a skill this skill is a part of the dna but the rest of things are the the energy of love yeah well it's obvious uh when you speak that you've got this connection uh to something within that continues to drive you it, it's driven you Clearly, since uh, in your words, you exited the birth canal. <laughs> so once you you reached that pinnacle of physical achievement with the competitions and all that, you found your way to exploring this connection, this higher plane, and you ventured into, I'm going to quote from your, uh, your website, uh, quote, pursuing the phenomenon of Shen Fa, which is the unspoken connection between body and mind. Take me through what Shen Fa is to you. Um. Well, on the surface level, I guess, you know, there is no surface level, right? With mm. Shenpa, it's already immaterial. It's already as deep as it gets, right? So if I try to explain it on the surface level, um, you know, sometimes when you look at Chinese performer, especially the older generation, there is something beyond the movement. Mm -hmm. So the movement is beautiful. The form is beautiful. It's very fast. It's very technical. But there's something beyond it's almost like a flare that you can't see, but you feel it, you know, and you almost feel it inside of yourself. And it's like a mutual experience of you watching the form. A lot of people in the West, um, I wouldn't say confused, but they speak, they refer to Shanfa using the word Fajing, that actually means a little bit of a different thing, which is more physical. Um, so this is the surface level, um, but on the deeper level that I, you know, pursue with passion, I just wanted to understand what feeling, you know, what is the guiding feeling that brings people to that place? Because it's definitely not repetition, you know, when something is so strong that it impacts not only the one performing, but the one observing. So this is Shenfa. Mm. I'm relatively new to martial arts still. I've only been taking it for two years. And, you know, this is the, the basic traditional martial arts. So I'm still very much a student and, and very much learning uh, what I can and can't do. Um, but I know what I feel when I think that I've grasped a concept or the intention of a form or a stance or something like that. And that's miles away from what I think you're feeling. Because when I watch you do what you do, when you move, it looks like you 
sort of enter a trance. You feel something that I can't quite grasp just yet, but can you try to explain to me what you are feeling when you have uh, entered that particular state of consciousness for yourself? Um, well, I am definitely willing to try. <laughs> um, I would not say that I am in the state of empty mind or meditative state. Mm -hmm. um, it is meditative-like state, but it's not exactly that, you know. I am it's um I call it the practicing the state of becoming mm. uh, but in this case it's the state of becoming me you know so when when I'm not performing I am me when I'm performing I'm ultimately me talking to myself again okay do you respond to yourself do you do you respond to the way that you're trying to connect to yourself is that a dialogue within yourself Absolutely. It's a it's an act of storytelling of one aspect of myself to another. Okay. Now, for those of us watching from the outside, what I see is uh, fluidity and control and power and grace. Beyond those things, what do you hope that we as an audience connect to when we're watching you perform? That's a very great question, uh, which allows, which gives me an opportunity to to say what is it, what is my artistic statement. Mm. Uh, you see, Jeff, when you go and see uh, a performance on Broadway, right, um, you are, you're watching a story, let's say, conveyed to you by the language of dance, right? Right. And human stories, right? I mean, maybe aliens as well, but <laughs> in this case, imagine the, the human story, right? Sure. And humans have... Uh, a very large spectrum of emotions, right? From love and rage and lust and friendship and all those, like, those feelings that have a lot of shades of emotions, you know? They're very complex, very multi-layered. And somehow, when we're watching it conveyed through dance, we understand it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And when we go and see the martial arts show, usually it's two-dimensional. It's either an energy of, you know, fight, or it's a very male flavor, pure demonstration of power. Mm -hmm. So it's very two-dimensional, you know, and humans are not two-dimensional. There are so many dimensions to us. And uh, as an artist, not only I believe I can, I am confident I can convey a very large spectrum of human emotions through martial movement mm -hmm. and my goal and my purpose is to bring one more vehicle of expressing ourselves and reach humanity with that and I want also to say something that maybe may sound very very controversial mm. So I've been wanting to say it for a very long time. I think we don't need a fist of fury nowadays mm. as a message. It was a beautiful message of the past. Think, I'm thankful for that. But I think what we need right now is the message of true self-expression, of fearless self-expression. And as a result, love. 
because self-expression is the energy of love. And that is my message. Mm. That's a powerful message. And I, I agree that there's definitely room for the way that Fist of Fury presented it and what you're bringing to uh, to martial arts uh, now. So, uh, I mean, you've written a book about it, Shen Fa, uh, The Art of Cognitive Transmission of Martial Movement and Emotion. Um, and you're also holding seminars all over the world. Is Shen Fa something that you can teach? Is that a connection that we can all make for ourselves? You see, it's a very interesting, the way the story <laughs> unfolds, you know, because Shen Fa, it was my personal fascination that became a foundation of my style that I also, I don't think I intended to have my style, mm. but it became my style. Uh, it became recognizable and the community built around it, you know. Um, I was able to impact people's lives with this. And I was also teaching a couple of concepts such as brush your chi, you know, which was my, a part of it was a way to mock pseudo-spirituality in the West, you know, because it could be interpreted in a bunch of different ways, you know. <laughs> because brush your cheek could also be interpreted as just don't be an asshole, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yes, so yes. It's like, it was like, yeah. And then at some point I was like, what is the most exclusive and powerful that I could give to the world? Right. And what I thought it is, is what I'm most passionate about. And that's, this is when I started to teach about Shenfa, to share Shenfa with people. And, you know, and interestingly enough, as much as ethereal, this topic is, it was perceived well. And, <laughs> and everything is building around it. Yeah. Now, like I said, you, you've had seminars all over the world. I know you have a performance coming up in Paris as well. And so we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit later. Um, has your uh, experiences both in uh, Crimea, Ukraine, and that 10 years that you lived in China, has uh, living in those uh, particular areas been uh, a really impactful uh, contributor to what uh, Shen Fa has come to be for you? You know, Shen Fa was always my passion and passion has its energy to it, you know? Passion is directly connected to expression. Mm. And coming from one place where it's dangerous to say what you think, mm -hmm. whether it's political or uh, whatever, um, and then moving into the country that you really love, deeply in love with our culture, um, but at the same time, equally not free, right? right. Um, so it took, it took quite a while to build the confidence um, to say what I have to say, you know, because I tapped into um, creating a child between, you know, art and science, you know, mm. but at the same time, it was... It was quite a while until I was able to not only put it into words, but also 
to be unafraid to to speak my point of view and the message and the gift. <laughs> Is that something relatively new? That that uh, that fearlessness? Because everything that you've posted uh, has always seemed fearless. Has always seemed bold. Uh, it's not. It's not new. It's um. It, it was a conscious, you know, when you're consciously afraid, but you do it anyway, because you don't want to die having your symphony in, still inside you. Mm. You don't, you know what I mean? doesn't matter you're scared or not, but you just have to let this music out. You just have to. So, but there's still a lot of fears and I'm talking about it because I'm, I know there's a lot of people that are in the countries or out side out of the countries that they grew up suppressed or they experienced violence against of who they are or even their creativity you know and i know that there are probably a lot of people that are also you know maybe need to hear that so yeah not just look at my media you know and think that the bold statement that was impactful it was just, you know, I was I just woke up like this and without second thought, I just threw it to the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I hope this, you know, honesty will help someone. No, absolutely. And uh, like you said, there's someone out there that uh, doesn't know uh, if it's okay to want to do what you what you've done. Because... You know, maybe all they've heard is you can't do this. Uh, you know, all they know is that you're supposed to stay in your lane and and do uh, what you're told. So I guess I should kind of like send them a message, right? Like if you are told to stay in your lane, it's a sign for you to do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, you know, that's that's what the the greatest thinkers of the world. Uh, the greatest innovators of the world have done right they were told all their lives to stay in their lane and they're like no it, it's not in this lane that i'm going to actually make a change right i also wanted to say something that you know there's a certain comfort in being relatable mm. you know but the world does not need a lot of things that are relatable you know, the world needs inspiration. Mm -hmm. When I was so young and I was reading about Wu Zetian, you know, Chinese Empress, when I was reading about Alexandra David Neal, the first woman in, you know, Western woman in Tibet and her journey, uh, when I was inspired by uh, Pina Bausch and Martha Graham, you know, all of these um, women, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. humans, they were they were doing something that that was different you know and they were doing it at times where where experiments were not as safe as they are right now at least in western you know countries and none of these special people were relatable mm. because 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 they were pursuing something different yeah so don't be afraid to not be relatable just be ready to do aloneness sometimes sure 
because that what comes with that. <laughs> Some yeah, absolutely. Sometimes that's uh, that's part of the the deal. Uh, just because you're doing something that uh, not a lot of people have thought to do before. So blazing the trail is is often a, a lonely lonely job. <laughs> um, aside from the the Shenfa. Um, on the more uh, traditional entertainment side of things, you've you've also done some acting. Uh, you've acted with Tiger Chen and Kung Fu Traveler. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, well, tell me about that experience um, because there, there's still a relative dearth of female action heroes in the entertainment side of things. So tell me about that that film, and then is that something that you might want to do more of uh, in terms of uh, something aside from the. Uh, the, the Shenfa work that you're doing? Well, definitely acting uh, is an important part of of my artistic expression. You know, I believe that um, my movement is also a form of acting. You know, that's why, that's why um, it's a form of storytelling, you know, and acting is, you know, being a vessel of storytelling um working with tiger chan was was very very fun first of all i want to say that he's really really a master <laughs> of what he does and he's a gentleman and it was um very very comfortable to work with him you know and uh working in china is not always a fun or safe experience <laughs> no matter what no matter what they tell you when when they arrive here and you know and they brag about how cool it was you know um though on the set of kung fu traveler with the director with the director Zhang Xianfang, it was very very safe and cool and Good. amazing and it was it was a fantasy it was a fantasy show that has that had a historical element to it you know, and it's at that time it was something very, very different because China is constantly growing in what they do in cinema. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I I really loved it. It was uh, shot on Fantai Film Studio, <laughs> um, and also I've been a host of. Uh, the Real Kung Fu Experience mm. on China Central TV, which was also very interesting because it was a documentary TV show mostly dedicated to Wuxi, which is uh, lion dance, you know. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, there's a lot of connection to to tradition and to the parts of the history that are really not often told, you know. So I had an opportunity to to witness some of them, um, to observe some of the things that, you know, I believe when I grow old, you know, I will look back and I will see even more of a history, you know, because China was a very poor country with a bunch of like fishing villages yeah. 40 years ago. And boom, there's so much power. But what was... What was in between of all of it? The Industrial Revolution. Uh, what was the impact of the Industrial Revolution? The, impa the impact on culture, you know? And um, why there is this gap between the old, ancient, 
powerful tradition, you know, and what is going on there now, you know, what is there in between that was lost during uh, Industrial Revolution. So that was also something that, you know, I had an opportunity to, to learn for myself. And it's not very easy to even describe it because it's something on on the level of yeah. perception, you know. Let me ask you about your martial movement. Do you see a way for your martial movement to be translated into the motion picture industry as part of that whole action martial arts cinematic experience? Absolutely. Mm. I think it exudes intelligence. I think it exudes unbreakable, powerful spirit that is at the same time is the powerful, true female energy spirit, not that does not imitate the male demonstration of power. Mm-hmm. I that That's my message, opinion, and a plan. It sounds great. And like I said, I think there's uh, there's still a lack of the female action hero. Uh, but beyond that, there is definitely a lack of that, I guess, female perspective on what action can be. Because like you said, the, the action narrative that is being presented to us is is obviously going to be male-oriented just because they're, they're the ones who are making the, the films right now. So Well, they're the ones that were making the films for most of the times. Yeah. The, the percentage of uh, female directors is um, very small still. Yeah. And um, to continue answering your previous question about whether I'm uh, looking into continuing my acting journey, yeah. definitely I would like to work with female directors and with female script writers. And uh, I would love to... Definitely action is something that I love. And I believe this... I believe this genre deserves much more multi-layered scripts. Yeah, absolutely. The whole martial arts genre has so much more to it than what we've seen so far not just from other styles but from other expressions uh like what you've created so anything that would further uh that tapestry of martial arts i think just helps the entire genre and helps the cultural significance of it all well i also want to want to remind of you know martial arts in chinese is wu character for warrior Mm-hmm. So the same character will be used when we speak about military or police, you know, mm-hmm. wu, combative, martial, warrior, and shu means art. So when uh, other form of art, such as acting, dancing, mm, um, fine art as described, the word that will be used will be yi shu, right? So... What is common about it? Shu is this immaterial element mm-hmm. that connects expression with an actual substance. So if you really look into it, you will see that martial art is also a vehicle of storytelling at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. It was just, in my opinion, misused most of the times. Although there were still things that served the purpose of inspiration, but that is an evolution of our minds and consciousness, and we are 
evolving and I believe I believe we're entering this time when the element the immaterial and the storytelling you know is finally on the forefront and it will be in action cinema and martial arts as well well, I hope to see touches of your work then as you go forward and continue to uh, preach Shenfa and, and and possibly make more films then that will incorporate some of that so that uh, the wider audience can start to see what uh, what message you're trying to tell us. Well, you know, yes, definitely. This <laughs> is the goal, the plan. And, and uh, um, as we speak about it, it's it's uh, probably being created, you know, in the thinner layers of the universe at this point. Though uh, on March 21st, I will be performing in Paris mm-hmm. on, in Bercy, you know, on, the, um, on one of the biggest martial arts festivals in Europe. And this festival has been there for a very long time. And... Uh, usually there's uh, all genres of martial arts presented by um, people of the highest level of those martial arts. If it's Chinese Kung Fu, there will be representation from China, you know, and so on. And a woman is presented there as a separate genre. And not to uncover the the surprise... Um, <laughs> Of the plan is we prepared a piece with um, Italian composer uh, Ivan Yusko. I hope I said it correctly. Mm. Uh, which is a dialogue between music, martial movement, and storytelling. Oh, fantastic! And uh, this is um, this is a very beautiful opportunity to to deliver the message at the space where. Each genre of martial arts is presented separately, uh, and I feel uh, this is a chance to this is a chance to to draw this line of similarity because all of this arts could be used to tell the story. Excellent, excellent. All right, I've kept you a little while. Uh, let's do a lightning round and uh, and do something a little bit lighter. Are, are you are you ready to do that? <laughs> okay. 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 Well. Yeah. Okay. Let's try. <laughs> All right. Whatever comes to the top of your head. Ready? Uh, first question. What's your favorite Ukrainian dish? Um, potatoes. <laughs> okay. What's your <laughs> What's your favorite Chinese dish? Um, uh, It's a eggplant, spicy eggplant. Mm, sounds good. All right. This is exciting, though. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. When you wake up at midnight, what's the snack that you grab? I mean, water. Oh, really? No, no snack at all. No, nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm used to eating nothing. You know. <laughs> okay. Nothing um, is my favorite dish. <laughs> no wonder you're in such amazing shape. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is the one workout that you always put off? I mean, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't have such a thing. I don't put off workouts. I, I kind of thought that would be the answer. <laughs> All right. Well, um, then explain to me what is your favorite workout. My favorite workout is to just bounce in lower stances. You know, like a nantra and lower stances for as long as I can until I fall and can't move. That sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Um, you versus Tiger Chen in a dance-off. Who wins? Oh, I, I think it's going to be very equal. Oh, really? <laughs> He's really, you know, moves beautifully. <laughs> That's good. Okay. And uh, last question. It's a trick question, so hopefully you get it right. But what is your favorite podcast about kung fu and martial arts entertainment and now uh, the art of martial movement? Well, obviously your podcast. You know, I... I I found your podcast way before you contacted me. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, and even and by the way, some of the directors I worked with, they follow you, so. Oh, cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, your content is high quality and very thoughtful. Well, thank you. And uh, I, I, do, I do strive to, like I said, cover... Uh, martial arts in all of its forms and again what you're what you're bringing to the game is unique and fascinating uh it's mesmerizing to watch you do some of what you do on your page so i will leave links to all of those uh pages and your website uh, in the show notes so everybody needs to go check you out and follow along with what i think is a fascinating journey so um, I hope that they do that. But in the meantime, what other things do you have in the works? I know you have a New York workshop coming up very soon. I believe that's February 22nd. But beyond that, what else do you have going on? Well, February 22nd, and then I have a performance on the biggest arena in, arena in Paris on March 21st. And then I have a workshop on the Shenfa in Paris. And then on the 28th, I have a very interesting workshop in Manhattan on the emotional intelligence and martial arts performance. Wow. That sounds like some uh, interesting stuff. So New York and Paris, where can fans go to follow along with your adventures? Give me all the links to the socials that you want them to track when they follow you. And uh, of course, your website will be on there as well. Well, I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, which is wu dot woman, <laughs> yep. and um, at the same time, I've built a truly, truly remarkable community because uh, a couple of years ago, I started a mailing list uh, that was very different from the majority of people that are building a business or a community. Um, I was recording videos that were. Uh, sometimes tutorial-like videos, sometimes sharing my thoughts. But at the same time, I never automated the messages, you know, like nobody ever received the same thing over and over again. So that people, when people would join, they would pick up a conversation like they would join uh, a company of friends, you know. Um, And with time, this community grew in something, something very powerful. They also can find links through my Instagram and they can become a part of it. Fantastic. And yeah, as someone who has joined those communities, I I always appreciate when I know it's not a robot uh, just answering back. So that's always good to have. I have a feeling that, you know, we're evolving when um, the automation, obviously, it's something that helps to to build a business. Um, But I feel... Because things that are genuine, they're more and more rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's going to become a new trend to be truly genuine. And speaking of which, again, if you don't follow uh, 
Woo Woman on Instagram. Please go check her out. If you want something that looks and feels genuine, take a look at some of her videos. See some of the things that she posts because there's something ethereal about what she's presenting and you can you can feel that connection if you just watch the videos and uh, see how she reacts to the music and the movement and it's a, a truly unique experience if you just watch it for a little while so go check out her videos uh Svetlana thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me today uh, I wish you the best of luck thank you for having me it's been a wonderful experience to have you and like I said best of luck with everything that you're teaching and everything that you're continuing to grow and develop I hope it gets much much bigger for you and I hope that it permeates the culture a little bit more so that we can get more of your perspective uh, in in not just uh, entertainment, but martial arts and physical fitness as well. So uh, best of luck with everything. Thank you very much. Huge thanks to the Wu Woman, Svetlana Zavialova, for taking her time to talk with me and sharing her important and deeply personal journey from Crimea to Shenfa. We actually talked for a while longer after this interview and remarked on how her Wu Woman workshops attract all kinds of martial artists from all over the spectrum. And beyond that, it's not just women that are drawn to make this connection, but men in equal numbers as well. In fact, Svetlana observed that even she was fascinated by who she finds attending her workshops because she'll often walk into a room populated by world-class ballet dancers alongside world-class bodybuilders, alongside worldwise and kung fu masters. So if you want to follow along, you can go to her website at www.svetlanazavialova.com and I'll put that link in the show notes. You can also check out our Instagram page at woo.woman. She's also on Facebook and Twitter, but all those links will be in the show notes, as I mentioned. If you're in the New York City area, she will be holding a workshop on February 22nd in Brooklyn at the Mario Schulman Theater. If you're in Paris, she'll be performing at the Martial Arts Festival with Ivan Yusko on March 21st, along with another workshop the next day. Then she's back in New York on March 28th for another workshop. She's a fascinating voice in the martial arts milieu, so if you have the chance, go check her out. And Svetlana, thank you again for uh, taking some time to talk with me. In the meantime, visit me on all my socials as well. And until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Shouting monks on their hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea roaming over the land. Yeah, the little big soldier is old, otherwise, he wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pass here, the blast. Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here, David is coming back. The Tai Chi master, Jelly's even faster. The channel little dream because he is the drunken master. Once upon a time in China, Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see, Maggie show your spine off. Golden Swallow has arrived. Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive. We've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain, gonna fight, may as well pick a spot. Yeah, the sky goes black, cut the vampire's back. We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, so stand back. He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword.
and our sword will travel until there's bodies on floors. Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style. Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch you run for miles. Blood will spill now on the mountain tops when we bring back the soul of the legendary pops. Welcome to the tea house, many for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha. This time it's warm. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we get a drunk and then we're fighting. Ha. This time it's warm. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. See, it's a game of death, yo. You're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok. The shogun assassin slashing blood of just drip drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance that won't stop. Wanna kill Bill? Better get the assassins. He's got her just in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the walls No fear at all To kill them all There's always blood spilled When you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the call Jet Li I'm Bolo Young Yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx Yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple See the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walk into the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little wine We get it drunk And then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claws. We walk into the tea house, ready for some action, drink a little